Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Today in the studio, I interviewed Ken Kulak. He's the executive director of the Summit Community Gardens right here in Park City. And he really, it's an interesting story. He left the for-profit world to join the nonprofit world. And he speaks a little bit about that, of what that transition looked like and how the two worlds are a bit different, but there is quite a bit of overlap as well. You'll enjoy what he has to say about that. And then also, uh, in order to move forward the Summit Community Gardens, he's realized he's really had to develop some key strategic partnerships, which I think is key for all nonprofits that we need to work together and do this together. And just a great example, again, of the role nonprofits play in society. And then when nonprofits work together, not just with each other, but with other for-profit organizations and uh, civic government, a lot of good happens. So I think you're going to really enjoy Ken's story today. Ken, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, last week, we got to see your garden and, uh, you know, kind of get a personal tour, which is super fun. Sure. And I encourage everyone who's listening, it comes up to the Summit County area or the Park City area, definitely stop by the Summit Community Gardens. It's by Matt Canute Park. Correct. Um, and you can find it, of course, on the web. And so I thought it would just be fun to have a podcast to bring you on and talk a little bit more about the community gardens. Um, so let's just start. Your mission at the Summit Community Gardens is this. In short, to create opportunities for the community to gather, learn, and grow as regular programming will include events to bring the community together, classes on garden education, and places where people can grow their own food. I love that mission. A lot in there. Yeah. So why is it so important that you, we as a community, I say maybe we as a nation, learn how to grow our own food? Yeah, you know, it's a very good question. You know, and thanks for asking. Um, there are a lot of different reasons people might answer that, how, how they might answer that question. You know, I personally feel that our society has lost their connection to food. Uh, and, and that means a lot of different things. You know, one is that people aren't sitting down to enjoy meals together anymore. You know, families aren't sitting down with the kids. Um, and, you know, it's not just about the food. It's about also getting to know each other better and talking about things that happened at school or at work or, or you know, just living life and just talking about things that, you know, you don't normally get a chance to talk about. Um, but really also, uh, you know, when it comes to the food, it, it's, it's people not really knowing or understanding the value of the food they're eating, where it came from, how it was grown, how it was prepared. Um, you know, and, and to me, you know, that also leads then to this obesity epidemic because people don't really place the value on the food that they're eating. They're getting less nutritious food because a lot of it's processed. And so really growing your own food is understanding how it's grown, how it's made, um, where it comes from, and it, it creates this additional respect to the food that you eat. Uh, and then that also leads to less waste, I personally feel. 
you know, I read this fact that it was 40% of the food that's grown or made in this country is thrown away. I mean, that's a huge amount of food. It's such a waste for our resources as a, as a country. Um, it's just the wrong message to send to people. Interesting you say that, you know, we run two food pantries, as you know, and, you know, one of the things we do, and we're so thankful, is a lot of these grocery stores, almost everyone here locally, and in Hebrew as well, uh, we pick up every day, Monday through Saturday, and we get the food that's either overstocked, almost nearly expired, uh, food they would throw away otherwise, and we have learned there is so much food that would have gone to waste. Now, there still is too much going to waste, and particularly when it comes to restaurants and things like that, prepared food, um, which is a tricky issue because of legality of giving, you know, prepared food, and then there's always a you know issue of you know what if something's wrong with the food and you give it and someone gets sick then they're liable sure, sure. so that is a legal issue but um, but really interesting point you're right there is a, a lot of food being wasted that is just not necessary yeah that leads to the next question how do you go about preserving that human connection to gardening because you talked about we're losing our connection of how we grow our food and, and where it comes from yep. how are you bringing that connection <laughs> together uh, that's that's also a good question, and I, I think that really for us it comes down to really what you said earlier with our mission is to get more people gardening, growing their own food, um, giving them the confidence, the techniques to do it successfully, because then that builds confidence in being able to do it and enjoying it more. Um, and, and then also giving them a place to grow their own food, which you know some people in our area have either live in condos or townhouses that don't have the property. Um, they also don't have the right kind of soil. Uh, to grow in this climate Um, and then also you know some people just don't have the right conditions like um, their properties is on the side of a mountain and all they have is shade so you know for us it's about teaching them through classes giving them a place in our community garden where they can rent a plot and then also at the same time uh, having events that people can come to the garden kind of connect in different ways and learn at the garden but then also um we feel it goes beyond just coming to the garden. There's also things that they can learn, like uh, our garden planting that we're going to do at the end of this season. Um, you know, people, I don't know, really understand where, how you can plant gar- garlic. It's very easy and, and where it comes from and, and how simple it is. Um, and so that's really, there, there are two or three key ways that we want to connect people back to the soil. Excellent. And in order to make this garden a reality, I know you've developed some key partnerships. Talk about those and how you determine what those partnerships would be and look like. Sure, sure. About two two to three years ago, our program was kind of at, at this crossroads. Um, and we had said, well, if we really want this program to go to the next level, we need to take a step back and evaluate a few things. One was what were the ch- current challenges for where the garden used to be? Because we moved the garden um, now in, in, to a new, new space. But we wanted to basically figure out first what those challenges were so that we can address those moving forward. Uh, and then the second thing that we looked into uh, was also... Um, asking the community what they expected from a community garden or what they wanted in a community garden. Because we can all, you know, think ourselves, we have this idea that a community garden is great. Yes, but, you know, it will only thrive if you're providing something of value to the community. And so we sent a survey out to the community to ask them what they felt they wanted in a community garden. Um, And so by learning from those two things, we basically figured out, you know, what is our mission and our purpose for the garden? And then also, who are those partners that we want to bring in to be involved? Um, And so we really wanted to, you know, what we learned from the previous experience was that things like simple things like putting a fence up around the garden, um, irrigation and water, which is a very serious issue within this climate in this area. You know, how can we manage that? 
uh, so that if you do have a community garden, you have 80 plot renters, how are we going to get water to them in a very efficient manner? Um, so those are things that we brought on some partners like the Basin Recreation um, because they uh, had also expressed interest in being, being involved in the program. It's right near there, Matt Canoe Park, um, and, and they have a lot of resources that they can provide some labor, and they had um, also helped you know, build that fence I'd mentioned about and bringing paths in so that the experience at the community garden was something that, that people can see a value in as a destination for the community. Um, and also the land that we're on is also uh, a protected agricultural easement. So we wanted to also then make sure that whatever we planned, we involved the Summit Land Conservancy, which is also another nonprofit that protects the lands that are around our, our, our community, uh, and make sure that they had a say in what we did because they're protecting the land and we can get approval. And that relationship can go two ways. It could either be, hey, we want to do whatever we want, or hey, let's, let's work together and collaborate on how we can make this into something that really makes sense. Well said. And now this is a nonprofit leadership podcast. We focus yep. on nonprofits and almost every interview we have, uh, the issue of fundraising always pops up. Sure. So talk about how do you fundraise? How does it work with the uh, Summit Community Gardens? As I'd mentioned, you know, we re reevaluated the program a few years ago and I almost see that as kind of a restart to the program. It, it was a great program before. Uh, we've taken it into kind of a new direction and really wanted to um, bring the program to a new level. So what that meant was we really needed to start raising more funds for the kind of garden and the kind of program we wanted to. So what we needed to do is get some key donors um, involved and on board. And we call them our taproot donors. You know, taproot is like a carrot. It's like basically Perfect the big root exactly, that helps um, the rest of the plant thrive. So what we wanted to do is basically bring in some uh, key donors that would provide a foundational um, start to our program. Uh, and we were, it was um, very um, lucky for us, you know, and I'm sure that we spoke to, you know, what these people really valued uh, when it came to, um, you know, growing our own food and, and, you know, thinking about or considering eating more nutritious foods and getting kids involved. Um, but basically, uh, without those donors, it wouldn't have been possible. And we had a couple of private donors, and we also have a corporate donor in Deer Valley Resort. Um, and we're involved in their wellness program. So there was this um, kind of mutually beneficial uh, a relationship that we have with our key donors. You know, since we are still rel relatively new um, and we have this new garden, you know, awareness of our program is lower. So uh, what we really want to focus on moving forward is this foundational donor. That's kind of the entry level. You know, maybe it's a donation of 10 or $20 or $50 just to kind of get their feet wet and see what we're doing and prove to them that, you know, this is something that, you know, they might want to be involved in more. Um, and we've also t thought about, okay, well, you know, people don't want to just give money without seeing results. So we'd created something, um, a program, a pledge from, that came out of our Garden Bounty Project. So our gar Garden Bounty Project is essentially we donate food um, that we grow in our garden, in our demonstration garden, and about 90 to 95 percent of that gets donated to nonprofits such as yours and some others in the area. Um, and we basically gave our goal, ourselves a goal of a thousand pounds. We said to the community, if you, if we break a thousand, if we get up to about 1,200 pounds, we ask that you give us a pledge so we can continue this program. So we said, 
you could either pledge 25 cents, 50 cents, or a dollar for every pound over 1,000 that we get to. So we want to tie the results of our program to, to, to fundraising and giving. And I feel that that's a connection that people can understand and respect nowadays. And how are you doing with that? How, where are you between 1,000? Are you at 500? Where are you? We're at 950 pounds right now. 951 oh, nice. pounds. Yeah. So we're very close. And we know we'll break 1,000. We just don't know how high, how much above we'll get there. Got it. Okay. Well done. <laughs> well, And I can personally say thank you so much. You have been very generous towards our food pantry and so our food pantry clients get to have this wonderful locally grown organic vegetables that are right here and donated you know through our food pantry so thank you i love yep, this program sure, sure so i want to speak to that a little bit um so first on this side we're very thankful for you we're thankful for copper moose bill white yep. um all giving us um extras if you will from their sure. wonderful gardens and again it's all organic all locally grown and it's such a treat for our clients to get that in addition to the wonderful food we get from the grocery stores yep. but there's something about that local grown organic you know vegetables that are just make it uh, that much more special sure so how does your uh, non-profit model work with like a copper moose or a bill white uh, who have similar goals in terms of overall yeah. goals of uh, the type of food they're growing yeah. talk about that what's the relationship there well I think I think there's a lot in common that we have you know aside from the fact that we're non-profit and they're for-profit um, in most cases uh, but but basically I feel that we have the same message to the community uh, and to me it's about eating natural foods, uh, you can call it organic, you know, some smaller farms just can't afford to get the organic label. But um, the idea is that, you know, growing food the way that it's meant to be grown. Um, and, and then also uh, eating a balanced diet, you know, so things like vegetables, you know, tend to go away when people are in a rush in a hurry in their lives. Um, so really, I think that we have that same um, message to the community that you should still continue to think about eating a natural balanced diet. Um, and the other part of that is quality over quantity. And that's something I've always felt. You know, nowadays with all the messages that you get from fast food uh, chains and from even restaurants, you know, you get this message of, oh, you can get two for ones or, or free this or whatever it might be. But it's really more about the quality of the food that you're eating than the quantity. You know, people are starting to feel like, oh, you know, I, I need to take care, take advantage of that deal because I'm getting more food. And I think that ties back to this kind of this primitive, not primitive, but a, um, a belief, you know, back maybe 200 years ago when people didn't know where their next meal was going to come from, possibly. Um, so let's get more now. But really, if you eat a higher quality meal, you'd be more nutrition, tr nutritious and healthier, then I think that you'll, you'll be living a, a more um, a healthier lifestyle. Excellent. Well, um, now let's move into, you know, Park City and Summit County as a whole. There are wonderful um, people that really have committed themselves to this very same idea that you just yep. began to articulate. Um, and there are a lot of community gardens out there. Yep. So I was curious, you know, the average person listening says, oh, yeah, I know about the hospital has their community garden. Sure. St. Luke's has their garden. Ecker Middle School, I think, has their own garden. And probably individuals have their own garden in their backyard. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about that. That My guess is at some level, the wonderful thing is you have multiple options. Um, yep. How does some community gardens fit into that? What is your relationship with those other community gardens? Well, I, I think just kind of almost similar to the last question, it's really about our, our common goal, our common goal of getting people to eat more nutritious foods. Um, you know, we provide maybe something a little bit different than some of those schools, school gardens. You know, th those gardens are um, dedicated to getting kids to thinking about growing their own food, which we do as well. But we also provide plots for the community. So maybe those kids go home and, and with their parents and, and, and rent a plot with our garden. So I think there's a lot of this symbiotic relationship where, where you know, they learn at school, they learn from our garden, and they kind of share with other, other students, their parents. 
um, other people that they know. Uh, and so really it's about getting people to think about eating healthier and then also getting the kids involved. And I think those are the two areas that we really, um, I think, share with some of these other, other areas. Now, it's interesting. Your journey is one where you've left the for-profit world and now joined the nonprofit world yep. in a pretty recent uh, history here. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Number one, um, your experience obviously has been short-lived in a sense with the short, uh, nonprofit, but hopefully yep. it's going to be here for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So talk about what have you found so far to be some of the greatest needs uh, that face nonprofits as a whole? And then maybe specifically with your specific nonprofit, what are your biggest challenges that you face? Sure, sure. You know, my, 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 most of my experience has been working in the, pro, the, the for-profit world in advertising and communications. Um, and, you know, as, as the last few years I've worked in the nonprofit world, you know, I always make comparisons of what my, my life used to be versus where it is now. Um, and I'm not sure if there are really significant differences uh, in a sense that, you know, for the for-profit world, you know, in, in advertising, you're trying to get new clients. New clients are kind of the lifeblood of what you do. And those new clients then bring in new revenue. Um, in the nonprofit world, you're always trying to fundraise and getting, getting more donations. You do it in about a, a different way, uh, but that challenge still remains. You know, there's so much competition, um, especially in Park City where you have 80, 85 nonprofits, you know, and we're relatively new and we're a smaller organization with less resources. But, you know, the, the big challenge then is to make yourself stand out and, and really make, make a, a meaningful uh, story that people can connect to. Uh, and specifically about our organization, I've always felt, you know, for me personally, a community garden and the idea of eating more nutritious foods and growing your own food is an important message. Um, but it can easily get lost or seen frivolous when you talk about things like, um, you know, su supporting people with special needs or like your organization with a food bank and, and giving back to the community in a lot of different ways. You know, our message can get lost or it could be seen as, you know, is this really as important? When I, when I want to donate a dollar, is my dog going to be better served to the community through an organization that, uh, that supports, you know, women with breast cancer or is it the community garden? And so our challenge is to make sure that, that you know, people are aware that, you know, if you do eat healthy, it might lead to being uh, more nutritious foods. It might lead to being living a healthier lifestyle, which then could prevent some of these other diseases that you get. Or, you know, I think there is a connection there. And we don't want to bog our story down with, you know, negativity. But, you know, it just seems like our challenge is making sure that we continue to stay relevant within um, modern society. Well, a lot of our listeners are in a for-profit organization right now. Um, talk about that maybe just real briefly. Sure. Um, has it been worth it to make that switch? And maybe someone is in your shoes where they're like, I really like to be in the nonprofit world, but not even sure how to do that. Like, what would you say to them? First of all, is it worth it? <laughs> and number two, um, I guess it's been short-lived, so you yeah, yeah. no regrets no, yet. Uh, no. But yeah, how would you go about doing that, making that switch if someone sure. really feels like that's my calling, for lack yeah. of a better term? Yeah. I mean, I, I love it because to me, it gives me a different sense of fulfillment you know my old job I, I if you go and win a new client or you have a really good client meeting and and you know they buy into your ideas it's great you know it gives you this sense of accomplishment um working with nonprofits and you see you know kids who are starting to eat more vegetables or or really having fun at the garden or or you know the fact that we had a goal of 60 plot renters and not, and we actually ended up with 80 you know that gives you that sense of accomplishment um but it's different, you know. It's actually you feel like you're making a difference in the world, you know. I, I, I and I, that sounds cliche, but that really is the sense that you get from it. And that's for me, that's a difference that I got uh, going from the profit, for-profit world to the non-profit world. And what I'd say is, if somebody is thinking about um, getting into the non-profit world, you know, start volunteering with some organizations and causes that interest you. Um, volunteer on a smaller level and see how that works for you. Um, do a lot of 
reading up on what it means to work at a nonprofit because I think it's it's I wouldn't call it a culture shock, but it's it is different. You know, it is different than you know in a corporate world, and for for a lot of good reasons and a lot of different reasons. You know, so I think you need to basically. Talk to, and then also talk to people that work in nonprofits and just get a sense of, you know, what their day is like. Because, you know, the last thing you want to do is get involved in something that, you know, you think you might like going into it, but it doesn't fulfill certain things. Well, Ken, this has been fascinating. Thank you again for being our guest. Thank you. Again, this has been Ken Kulak, the executive director of the Summit Community Gardens. If people want to find out more about the gardens, where do they go online? They can go to our website, summitcommunitygardens.org, or go to our Facebook page, which is SC Garden. Okay, great. Ken, thank you again. And please, all the listeners who are listening, come by, stop by, check it out. It's a really fun place. I'm sure Ken will give you a personal tour if you're nice to him. (laughs) But uh, thanks again for your time and thanks for sharing your wisdom today. Thank you very much. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you're wondering how to find us, check us out on iTunes by typing in Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should pop up. We also encourage you, uh, when you go on, let us know what you think. Give us a review. You know, if you really liked it, give us a good review. You know, the more uh, people that hear this podcast, the better. So we encourage you to get on iTunes, check it out, give us a review, give us a rating. And then also, if you just want to find us on the web, you can go to nonprofitleadershippodcast.com and then uh, go to my website, Rob harder.com and both places you'll find this podcast there well until next time thanks for listening keep making your world better Mm -hmm.